Today's broadcast originally aired on November 13th, 2023. If I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly that would be, you know, they would be out of business. They'd be out. They'd be out of the election. Um, what election? If he was president, he would be running for a third term? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's interesting. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am. Stop in the middle with you. I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience on the internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Got a lot to get to, including your calls. Uh, I want to get to some uh, very quick headlines here before I uh, get to what I want to actually talk about for a change, and what I'd love to talk to you about, what I'd love to hear from you about, as I hope to open up the phones a bit later at 818-985-5735. Write it down, 818-985-KPFK. But some first, uh, some headlines here. First, South Carolina's U.S. Senator Tim Scott has now dropped out of the GOP presidential primary race after failing to win more than single digits of support, though he clearly remains a frontrunner for a vice presidential nod if Trump, as currently expected, or really anyone else, wins the Republican nomination. Of course, for all the folks reporting on uh, recent polling showing Trump, you know, 30 or 40 points ahead, whatever it was, up in Iowa, they uh, always seem to fail to mention that if you added up all of the others in the Iowa race who are not named Donald Trump, they could actually beat Donald Trump. They would actually lead Donald Trump. But for their votes being split amongst uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of folks, well, now there's one less person to whom uh, voters may wish to split off their votes against Donald Trump. Speaking of Trump, his 86-year-old sister, Marion Barry, Mary Ann Barry Trump, 
uh, who served as a federal U.S. district judge for years, has died today at the age of 86. Donald Trump Jr. was called again to the witness stand in New York, this time by the defense in the New York State civil fraud trial against Trump Sr., his company, and several top executives, including both Don Jr. and Eric in the $250 million case against them, in which the state has shown that Team Trump inflated their annual assets just by a little bit, just some $2.2 billion year after year after year in order to get favorable, more favorable rates on bank loans. Also, in New York, a federal case against the campaign of the city's Democratic mayor, Eric Adams, is starting to look a lot like, uh, well, a lot less like a campaign finance case and a lot more like a foreign influence case. As the FBI reportedly appears to be investigating whether Adams cleared red tape on a building project backed by the Turkish government and where the uh, FBI has now seized Adams' electronic devices in the probe, which along with the recent federal criminal indictment of New Jersey's Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Menendez, would all seem to make it harder by the day for uh, Team Trump and Republicans to argue that Democrats have somehow, quote, weaponized the DOJ and FBI to go after Republican political rivals. Not that that has stopped many Republicans and Trump himself from continuing to make the same baseless claim. Remember, they also made the same baseless claim that, oh, the Democrats have weaponized against Republicans, except they also went after their, I guess, their major Democratic donor, Samuel Bankman Freed. That's right. They went against him as well. And he's been convicted. So, yeah. Other than that, they're totally (laughs) weaponizing the FBI and uh, DOJ to go against Republicans only. Okay. The uh, hi, Desi Doyen, by the way. Didn't get to say hi. (laughs) Uh, the uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has announced that it is adopting its first ever code of ethics for its justices after justices like Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito's broken and bought moral compass has long ago left the barn. I suspect we'll get to that on another day. But so far, uh, folks who have looked at it seem to be unimpressed in this v- apparently voluntary Uh, code of ethics that can be applied to the justices if they feel like they wish to, but no big deal if they don't, apparently. So as usual, there's a lot going on. But after putting it off for a week or so now, with so many things uh, last week in, in Donald Trump's courtrooms, in the continuing horrors in the Middle East, in the stunning off-year election uh, victories for Democrats where they pretty much swept the table last Tuesday, I wanted to take some time to discuss that polling from last week that has had Democrats so freaked out over the past week and has launched, it seems, for the nation's political pundits on TV, on radio, print media, a thousand responses and think pieces. I'd like to get your thoughts on that polling today, your insights, your concerns on today's show in a bit at 818 985 5735. But allow me to begin with one of those think piece responses here. This one from Barack Obama's 2012 campaign manager, Jim Messina, in Politico today. He writes, quote, as you walk into my office, the first thing you see 
is a framed magazine cover. It's from a dark day uh, during President Obama's re-election campaign back in 2011 when polling and data guru Nate Silver declared our campaign and President Obama, quote, toast in the 2012 presidential election. Yes, Obama was toast, didn't have a chance of winning in 2012 for a second term. Messina notes a lot of Democrats romanticized the 2012 Obama campaign, but it was a knockdown dragout battle, not just with Republicans, but with bad media narratives. One such narrative hit us on November 3, 2011, when the New York Times magazine published an analysis giving Obama a 17 percent chance of winning re-election the following year. Messina says that he was reminded of this moment last week after the Times-Siena poll that I'm sure you've heard about by now of six battleground states showing that if the election were held today, Donald Trump would easily beat Joe Biden. Now, I've referenced that poll a few times over the past week, but haven't had a moment really to directly speak to it, much less to take calls on it at 818 985 5735 for those in our live Southern California listening area or those listening to the live kpfk.org web stream anywhere in the world. Uh, haven't had time to do that until today. 818-985-KPFK. So that Times Siena poll last week on Sunday, uh, in brief, shows that President Biden is trailing Donald Trump in five of the six most important battleground states one year out before the 2024 election, suffering from enormous doubts about his age and dissatisfaction over his handling of the economy and a host of other issues. The new polling finds, according to The New York Times, the recent uh, the results show Mr. Biden losing to Mr. Trump his likeliest Republican rival by margins of four to 10 percentage points among registered voters in Arizona, in Georgia, in Michigan, in Nevada, in Pennsylvania. Across the six battlefields, all of which Mr. Biden carried in 2020, the presidential uh, the, the president trails by an average of 48 to 44 percent trails against Donald Trump. Discontent pulsates through the Times-Siena poll, the paper writes, with a majority of voters saying Mr. Biden's policies have personally hurt them. Hmm. But have they? Have they personally hurt them? We'll get to that in a moment. Back to Obama's 2012 campaign manager. Three days after that Times-Siena poll hit, Jim Messina observes, Democrats took Republicans behind the woodshed in last week's off-year elections, enshrining the right to make reproductive decisions in the Ohio Constitution, taking control of the Virginia legislature, taking a state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, and re-electing a popular Democrat as governor in the deep red state of Kentucky. This all gave me whiplash, writes Messina, just like in 2011. Yes, we are officially in the Democratic bedwetting era for the 2024 presidential election. But here's some advice from someone who's been there. He says, don't panic. He goes on to note that Nate Silver's 2011 analysis did not age well. 
Remember, that's when he called Obama toast in next year's elections. He uh, Messina notes that a year later, Obama wiped the floor with Mitt Romney. But Silver wasn't alone. Politico uh, polling that was done a year out had Obama tied with Romney in 10 battleground states. They ended up, Obama ended up winning nine of those 10 states. In December of 2011, a Gallup poll had Obama losing to Romney, losing to Romney by 5% across 12 battleground states. Messina notes, uh, we won 11 of them. Bill Clinton trailed about this same time in his successful re-election cycle. And Messina goes on to offer a few reasons for polls being so wrong a year out from the election. Among them, the fact that people who answer pollsters' questions this early are usually already politically engaged, while swing voters who end up deciding elections are not yet paying close attention. It's also the fact that many people this early are actually strategically answering those hypothetical pollster questions in a contest where they may, the respondents may want a different nominee on either side of the aisle, given that the two front runner uh, runners uh, nominations are not yet set in stone. In fact, there are many explanations, and pundits have offered millions of them, including some who disbelieve uh, the polling at all that, you know, it shows surging support for Donald Trump from black and Hispanic and Asian communities and young people, all of whom tend to vote overwhelmingly with the Democratic Party. But for the sake of this conversation today, my conversation, not necessarily your conversation, if you'd like to ring in at 818-985-5735, let's assume that the polling last week actually is accurate. And uh, eight or so other polls that show Biden leading Trump next year. Uh, There was also polling out uh, last week by CNN showing that Donald Trump is in the lead over the incumbent president. But let's assume, ignore those eight other polls and just look at the CNN poll and the Times-Siena poll. We'll stipulate that the, you know, the polls that have freaked out so many Democrats over the past week are accurate at least for this point in history, a year out from the 2024 general election cycle. So among my questions that I'd love to uh, hear from you about at 818-985-KPFK is why? What's going on here? I've read dozens of responses to that polling from last week and As usual, Margaret Sullivan, the uh, New York Times' former public editor and media critic now at The Guardian, she has among the, the, the best takes on this that I see. She writes, whatever doubts you may have about public opinion polls, one recent example should not be dismissed, she wrote last week. The one from Siena College in The New York Times that sent chills down many a spine. The poll, of course, is only one snapshot. It has been criticized, but it tells a cautionary tale And I agree, especially when paired with the certainty that Trump, if elected, will quickly move toward making the United States an authoritarian regime. She notes, add in Biden's low approval ratings despite his accomplishments, and you come to an unavoidable conclusion. The news media need to do its job better. Ding, ding, ding. Sullivan, as usual, is correct. 
The press must get across to American citizens the crucial importance of this election and the dangers of a Trump win. They do not need to surrender their journalistic independence in order to do so or be, quote, in the tank for Biden or anyone else. And again, she is right. She says it's now clearer than ever that Trump, if elected, will use the federal government to go after his political rivals and critics, even deploying the military toward that end. His allies are hatching plans to invoke the Insurrection Act, literally on day one. The U.S. would then resemble a banana republic. That, according to a University of Virginia law professor in The Washington Post, when it, was re- when it revealed these specific schemes just last week. That report in the Post found, among other chilling things, the top-ranking loyal allies and former White House staffers of Donald Trump are planning to upper- operationalize Trump's I am your retribution promise. Remember when he said that? I am your retribution? That's a promise. Uh, and he intends to carry it out if he wins the 2024 election. According to The Post, Trump and his allies have begun mapping out specific plans for using the federal government to punish critics and opponents should he win a second term. And his associates are drafting plans to potentially invoke the Insurrection Act on the first day in office to allow him to deploy the military against civil demonstrations that would be against Americans on day one. All of this is part of a so a project called Project 2025. It's being run by Trump loyalists and a network of right-wing D.C. think tanks. The Post reports, in private, Trump has told advisors and friends that he wants the Justice Department to investigate one-time officials and allies who have become critical of his time in office, including former chief of staff John Kelly, former attorney general William Barr, former Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman General Mark Milley. Trump has also talked to prosecuting officials at the FBI and at the Justice Department. Almost as troubling, Margaret Sullivan observes, two New York Times stories outline Trump's autocratic plans to put loyal lawyers in key posts and limit the independence of federal executive agencies. In other words, he'd give himself direct control over all of the executive agencies, all of them, including the DOJ, the, the Federal Reserve, the EPA, you name it. The press generally is not doing an adequate job of communicating those realities, argues Sullivan. Instead, journalists have emphasized Joe Biden's age, Donald Trump's, quote, freewheeling style. They blame the public's attitudes on, quote, polarization as if they had no role in that polarization. And, of course, they make the election about the horse race rather than what would happen after the finish line is passed. Here's what uh, Sullivan says must be hammered home. Trump cannot be reelected if you want the United States to be a place where elections, elections decide outcomes, where voting rights matter and where politicians don't baselessly prosecute their adversaries. Now, maybe that is what you want. If so, Donald Trump is your man. If so, 
I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-KPFK. Sullivan says it was great to see the digging that went into the Washington Post story about Trump and his allies plotting a post-election power grab, but it was all too telling to see this wording in the subhead for the article. Quote, critics have called the ideas under consideration dangerous and unconstitutional. Critics? So others apparently think it's just fine, I guess? Well, you know, it's a divided country, so who knows what's right or wrong anymore? Some are in favor of authoritarianism, some are not. She notes that every news organization should be reporting on all of this with far more vigor and repetition than they do about Biden being 80 years old. It's the media's responsibility to grab American voters by the lapels. If more citizens truly understood the stakes, she writes, there would be no real contest between these candidates. The Guardian's David Smith laid out the contrast. He said, quote, since Biden took office, the U.S. economy has added a record 14 million jobs, while his list of legislative accomplishments has earned comparisons with those of Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson. Trump, meanwhile, is facing 91 criminal indictments in Atlanta, Miami, New York, and Washington, D.C., some of which relate to an attempt to overthrow the U.S. government itself. Now, those are just facts, but not frequently or, frankly, well enough told by our media. Those facts can be reported without taking sides by merely reporting those facts. Here are some more facts from another poll, which has not gotten nearly the coverage of the Times-Siena terror polling, finding uh, that Trump would win if the election was held today. This polling comes from uh, Navigator, which tested a series of messages about Biden's various accomplishments, including allowing Medicare to negotiate for lower drug costs, which Biden did, the bipartisan law to rebuild roads and bridges, which which, uh, Biden did, and efforts to create more manufacturing jobs in the U.S., which which Biden did. And yet last week at that uh, dumb third GOP presidential debate down in Miami, you had guys like Tim Scott talking about what we need to do is invest in roads and bridges and bring back manufacturing to the U.S., microchips, all of the things that Joe Biden has actually done in his CHIPS Act, in his uh, Inflation Reduction Act. In, in the his... bipartisan infrastructure law. There you law. go, exactly. Billions and billions. I think it's uh, several hundred billion dollars have now been invested or pledged to be invested yep. in U.S. manufacturing, domestic manufacturing. So this poll, this polling, uh, asking about some of these questions, and again, I welcome your thoughts on any of it. I'll get to it uh, very shortly, 818-985-KPFK, whether you agree or disagree with any Any of the points I'm making here or not, I'd love to hear from you. So this polling asked um, uh, uh, respondents, uh, Democrats, Republicans and independents, whether they supported each of these things. For example, they said President Biden lowered the cost of prescription drugs by allowing Medicare to negotiate for lower prescription drug costs and capped insulin costs for seniors to thirty five dollars a month. Uh, Overall, 77% of Americans supported that. 77%. Just 13 opposed it. 
President Biden passed a bipartisan law to rebuild roads and bridges, expand power infrastructure, increase passenger rail access, expand broadband access, and improve water infrastructure. Do you support that or do you oppose it? Well, 73% of Americans support it. Just 14 don't. Biden passed a bipartisan law that invests in domestic semiconductor manufacturing, improves our domestic supply chains, boosts economic competition with China, and has created more than 100,000 new American jobs. 69% of Americans support that, just 16 oppose it. President Biden's policies have created 800,000 American manufacturing jobs, and he stood beside workers on the picket line. For the first time in history, uh, for members who were on strike for better working conditions, including pay, 66 percent of Americans support that. Sixty five percent of Americans support the fact that under Joe Biden, the share of working age women in the workforce is the highest it's been in 70 years. And the share of working age Americans participating in the workforce is higher than at any time in the last 15 years, while unemployment is historically low at three point eight percent. These are just facts. These are just facts and they are wildly supported facts. Reporting them does not make you a partisan. Reporting them makes you, well, hopefully a member of the news media who wants to inform the public. So I could go on and on. Biden has passed uh, the first major gun safety legislation in 30 years, closed the so-called boyfriend loophole to keep guns out of the hands of convicted dating partners and expanding uh, background checks. He's lowered the number of Americans without health insurance by nearly six million compared to before the pandemic. He's passed legislation creating a 15 percent minimum tax rate for billion dollar corporations. He's passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which has invested in clean energy like wind and solar power and has already created more than 170,000 new good paying jobs in clean energy across the country. Americans should know that, especially since Americans wildly support all of those programs and not just Democrats. I'm talking about overall. These are all wildly popular by majorities of Americans. Most of them, by the way, also by uh, majorities of Republicans. The uh, Democratic strategist Dan Pfeiffer uh, cited that poll and said every accomplishment tested in this poll had majority support. It's hard to overstate how impressive that is in a deeply divided, highly polarized country at a time when the president's approval ratings are in the low 40s. That's the good news, he says. The bad news, according to the poll, a majority of Americans heard little or nothing about those accomplishments tested. There he says, is a yawning knowledge gap. In fact, while most Americans support things like Medicare negotiating for lower drug prices with Big Pharma, which is now happening, a majority of Americans tell pollsters they oppose Joe Biden's position on that matter because they don't know that he did it even though he's the one who made it happen after decades of Democrats pushing for it. Americans seem to have no idea of how much, whether you like it or not, that Joe Biden has accomplished during his first term as president. There is a remarkable disconnect between what Biden has done and what the American people know that Biden has done.
If you have an explanation for it, I would love to hear it right now at 818-985-5735. I believe it's a failure of both the Democrats and, most notably, the U.S. media, whose constitutionally mandated job it is to inform the electorate. Now, I can't do anything about the Democrats, but we here in the media, well, we can and must improve our record of reporting facts to the public, not because we in the media need to push Democratic candidates, but because we in the media, I believe, have a responsibility to inform and educate the electorate, which clearly is not particularly well-educated if they both, you know, think that the policies carried out by the Biden administration are really, really great. But at the same time, they are blaming President Biden for not doing the things that he has actually done. Remember, according to that Times Siena poll last week, Americans believe, quote, Biden's policies have personally hurt them. But never mind those facts, those facts about Biden for the moment, and never mind the media's reporting on what, you know, Trump loyalists are said to be preparing for him to do in a second term in a Project 2025 if he wins again. Trump supporters, are, you know, they're just going to claim anything like that that comes from The New York Times or The Washington Post is fake news anyway. So let's let Trump's own words speak for Donald Trump. Back in late September, so this is already somewhat outdated uh, in that Trump has ramped up his rhetoric big time over the past two months. But in late September, Ron Filipkowski, a former Republican, wrote at uh, Midas Touch that mainstream media is broken when it comes to Trump because Trump has broken too many of their brains. They cover the personality, the insults, the election horse race and polls and the court cases. However, they almost completely ignore many of his policy proposals that Trump himself has announced and others that he said he is going to do if elected. And again, love to hear from Trump supporters who may wish to defend some of this stuff or explain why it is a good thing. But this is what Donald Trump says he will do. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. This is a list that is linked to Trump's own original remarks saying these things. For example, uh, Trump said back in April of this year that he will arrest all homeless people across the country for, quote, urban camping, round them up and, quote, relocate them to, quote, tent cities where they can be, quote, rehabilitated. He will require every federal employee to take a new patriotism exam, patriotism exam, and they will be terminated if they refuse to take that test or if they fail to pass it. He will build 10 new, quote, Trump freedom cities around the country, which will be free of any government regulations. He will have the DOJ subpoena local elected district attorneys and their staff and remove them from office if he determines that they are failing to do, to do the job to his satisfaction. Again, you may actually oppose or support those things. And especially if you support them, I would love to hear from you at 818-985-KPFK or by email via bradcast at bradblog.com if you're listening later to the program. 
But these things should be reported on so the public can make an informed decision about who to support or not support in next year's presidential elections, which, by the way, voting begins in the primaries in January, just about 60 days from today. Fire staff and disband college accreditation boards since they, quote, have become dominated by Marxist maniacs and lunatics. That's what Donald Trump promised in May of this year. He promised he will seize university endowments and fine them for millions of dollars if he determines the schools are Marxist and or discriminating against white people. Again, these... Those are his own claims, his own promises. These are not anonymously reported, you know, insiders making these claims. This is what Donald Trump is claiming he will do, is promising to do. And the American people really should know about it. In September, he promised to have the DOJ investigate and prosecute General Mark Milley, Trump's former chief of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, for treason, which is punishable by execution. Did you know that? He says he will require that schools hold elections for principals each year who will choose whoever they want to run the schools every year. He says any person convicted of selling drugs will get the death penalty. He will pardon the convicted January 6 inmates that were convicted of seditious conspiracy and assaulting police officers, along with an apology from the U.S. government. Donald Trump will have DOJ investigate Comcast, NBC, and MSNBC for what? For treason! And have them removed from the airwaves. He will appoint pardoned felon Michael Flynn to a top position in his administration. He will end all so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, programs in government agencies by executive order, including in the military. He would terminate the Constitution if he determined that fraud occurred during an election. He said as much in December of last year. These are all of his own words, all of his own promises. He will eliminate all early and absentee voting in America, he said. So in July of this year, he will end the 100-year-old constitutional right of birthright citizenship by executive order. He will do it. He will fire 40,000 career civil servants on day one and replace them with so-called patriots who are loyal to him. He will set up a commission to study whether genetically engineered marijuana is the cause of mass shootings. Yeah, that's probably it. That's the reason. He will reinstate a ban on transgender people in the military. He will, quote, bring back God into the public school system. He will impose a new 10 percent tax on all goods imported, all goods imported into the U.S. And he will reinstitute uh, a travel ban on people from Muslim countries. And again, that was only as of late September. He's added to that list and or doubled or tripled down on many of those things since then, including just this past weekend when he told Univision. They've come at me with the worst indictments. If they want to follow through on this, uh, yeah, it could certainly happen in reverse. If I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly, that would be 
you know, they would be out of business. They'd be out. They'd be out of the election. Now, setting aside the fact that there would be no election if Donald Trump was the president that would allow him to run for a third term, that's what he said. He is promising to go after his political enemies. Also over the weekend, at a rally in New Hampshire on Veterans Day, Trump told his supporters. Today, especially in honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country, that lie and steal and cheat on elections and will do anything possible. They'll do anything, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. The real threat is not from the radical right. The real threat is from the radical left, and it's growing every day, every single day. The threat from outside forces is far less sinister, dangerous, and grave than the threat from within. So in case, by the way, you're not familiar with the history of using the word vermin to describe your perceived political opponents, uh, Hitler and Mussolini dehumanized people in their own countries by describing them as, quote, vermin, before eventually imprisoning and executing millions of them. Donald Trump is now using the very same rhetoric, yes, as Hitler and Mussolini. Are you paying attention yet? And one doesn't need to be for or against Donald Trump to report these facts to voters so they can decide based on an informed opinion of who the party nominees may well be next year. I'd love to get your thoughts on all of this. 818-985-KPFK. What is going on here? What is really going on here? Why do polls like the uh, Times-Siena poll say what they do? And again, we're on a lot of community radio stations around the country that are run by nonprofit organizations that are not allowed to endorse any specific candidate. And I'm not doing so here. I'm simply informing you about the two candidates, what Joe Biden has done and what Donald Trump is promising to do. Those are simply facts. I suspect, uh, you know, many already have uh, made up their decisions about all of this in in both directions. And if so, I'd like to hear from you today as to uh, who and why. In other words, your thoughts on those candidates and why we're seeing these results in these polls a year out. Also, you can ring in on other candidates if you want, others who are still in the running, both on the Republican and Democratic sides, like Dean Phillips, Marion Williamson for the Democrats, third-party candidates like Bobby Kennedy Jr., Cornell West, who are mounting independent bids, or even nominal Democrat Joe Manchin, who last week announced that he would not run for re-election to the U.S. Senate from West Virginia, but is said to be considering a third-party run for president under the so-called no-labels label. 818-985-5735. Do you buy the polling from the Times and CNN showing Trump beating Biden next year? If so, why? What explains it? Do you not buy it? If so, why not? 818-985-KPFK. 
This is uh, your town hall over your public airwaves today, and I'd love to hear from you about what is really going on here. Let's take a quick break, quick break, and we will come back with your calls. I am Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Hey, this is Brad. You're listening to an encore presentation of the Bradcast. Yeah. What is going on? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com getting to your calls at 818. 818- Nine eight five five seven three five. The uh, it was a report by the New York Times over the weekend, headlined "Sweeping Raids, Giant Camps, and Mass Deportations Inside Trump's 2025 Immigration Plans." The paper notes the constellation of Mr. Trump's 2025 plans amounts to an assault on immigration on a scale unseen in modern American history. Millions of undocumented immigrants would be barred from the country or uprooted from it years or even decades after settling here. Really? And yet immigrant communities are said to be moving toward Trump and away from Joe Biden, according to the New York Times Siena polling out last week. Really? Either that polling is wrong or those folks don't actually know what Donald Trump is promising to do which, if so, is a failure of the news media. Or maybe they do know, and they are okay with it for some reason. Are you okay with it? 818-985-5735. Let me go to Rick, who, uh, based on the remarks here, well, he may be okay with it. Hey, Rick, in Venice Beach, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Sure. Uh, So my first, my statement is that Trump's actions prove that he's not authoritarian. When he was elected, he could have had a vengeful attack on Clinton. He could have gone after her for Benghazi, um, for the phony steel dossier, for the um, the hard drive, you know, the, the her server that she had a private email server with millions of records that she erased. Mm. But he let it go. <laughs> and what is Biden doing? So- the opposite. He's going after vengefully and and corrupt. Uh, like third world, you know, attacking a former president just for political purposes. It's only done in Ecuador or Cuba or Russia. All right, Rick. It's, it's insane. All right. Let me let me ask you about a couple of those points. First, Donald Trump called for years on end while he was in office for his DOJ to go after uh, Hillary Clinton and her hard drive. Where did you get the idea that he decided to let that go? You know, I... It didn't happen. He was the president. He could have done it. Well, one, I, I, I'm not sure how he I'm not sure how he could have done it, given the fact that it had already been investigated by the Department of Justice for years on end, including. Hang on. By the Republican hang, hang on. I'll, I'll, let me let me let me let me just 
let's go back and forth here. So uh, it was investigated for years on end by the Republican appointed uh, FBI director, the one that he came in and fired. It was uh, investigated by... Right, they investigated, yeah. found out the facts, and he let it go. He let it he go. prosecute it. He could have pushed it. You, do you understand... Do you, No, serious question, Rick. Do you understand how the uh, independent Department of Justice actually works, that the Attorney General makes the, the prosecuting... The Justice, that, all, that 60 of them came out and said that it was fake news, that the Hunter laptop was, was a fake news. No. The, the head nope. of the CIA and the FBI had a full-page, you know, six, hundreds of them signed this document saying it was mm. fake news, and now it's turned out to be true? Mm-hmm. You think uh, that's independent? No, that's anti-Trump deep state. All right. That's what you seem to believe. The facts, however, show otherwise. I do believe, I do uh, appreciate that you believe this nonsense that you have been told is true. The facts and the media, the independent media, the good media out there, folks like Marcy Wheeler over at Empty Wheel, uh, go. She's a communist? The, the people who did, dis- <laughs> yeah, I know. I just throw that out because you're talking about good and bad. It's preposterous. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Rick. So you you think there's no reason to worry about authoritarianism? You feel that when not he told Trump. not, from, not Trump, from Trump, you feel that when he uh, told when his sub- hang on, Rick, 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 Rick. I'm gonna being an all right. I'm gonna have to. I, it's such a shame, Rick, because I would have loved to have spoken to you. But the fact that you won't have a conversation, the fact that you're willing to repeat nonsense and talking points like they raided his home after a year and a half of asking him nicely in a way that nobody else in this country would have ever gotten from the National Archives to please return those top secret records, Mr. Trump. And he refused to do so. He was the president. Okay. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate the call. Man, 818-985-KPFK. It is a shame when people don't understand how the basics of the actual law Law work. For example, no one, no matter who you are, is allowed to defy a lawful subpoena. It just, you just can't do it. He is under the impression that the Presidential Records Act, which makes quite clear that was passed after the uh, uh, Watergate debacle and and, uh, Richard Nixon, was passed to make clear that all records created by the president uh, or for the president during the president's uh, term belong to the American people, belong to the National Archives, that there are still people out there who believe that those are Donald Trump's records that they haven't bothered to read the actual Presidential Records Act, that they are still so misinformed that they believe that is yet again another indictment of the American media as far as I am concerned. Let me go to uh, 818-985-KPFK. And by the way, if you agree with Rick, I'd love to hear from you as well. But let's have a conversation. Let's not just not, you know, shout out things like communists and so forth. Yeah. And also, by the way, we have been having a few technical glitches with the phone. So if you do get disconnected, please do call me back. Okay. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to KJ in L.A. Hey, KJ, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, how you doing, Brett? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, 
very interesting on that Trump is um, spewing out what he said he's going to do this, he said he's going to do that. And then when I, I heard a interview that he did with a radio host probably like a week after he did his CPAC, and the host asked him clearly, President Trump, will you go after your rivals? And when you would you go after your rivals? And would you keep your promise this time to drain the swamp? He emphatically said no three times. So that's where I lost all credibility in what he's saying he's going to do now because what he fails to realize, Brad, is everything that he's done, he did by executive order instead of rallying the Republicans to put it into law so the next president that come in, like he did with President Obama's structures, he just wiped it out with a pen and a phone. So, so I don't believe the polls, but um, yeah. it's just sad that he's saying this. To be honest, I don't even think he's going to even be around because the, 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 the Democrats got it in for him. So I believe he will be incarcerated. Well, uh, because the Democrats got it in for him, not because he committed crimes. Yeah, and, and because he and because he committed committed crimes yeah. as well. Because yeah. no way he only way he I believe he can get out of this, Brad. Yeah, these ninety charges is if he tell them. I will just go away. I won't run for the presidency, yeah. and I'll just be quiet. Yeah, I, I you already start the clock. Yeah, I, I, I believe in the federal system. There's no way to stop it. Well, I, I, you're right. I believe that he could try anyway to make a deal to say, all right, I will never run for public office again if you let these uh, charges go. Whether those prosecutors will let them go or not, I don't know. But the notion that Democrats are out to get him, uh, you are aware that, in fact, he had thousands of pages of classified documents that he stole from the White House that he refused to give back, and uh, including you know nuclear secrets that he shared with people that anyone else, you or me, no matter if you're a Republican, Democrat or anybody else would be in jail for already by now. You understand that, well, right, KJ? Well, Brad, not, not really in jail because even Senator Biden had documents way back when he was a senator yeah. and they brushed that under the rug. Well, no, they didn't brush it under the rug. Actually, it's still being investigated by a special counsel. But the point is what Donald Trump has been charged for is under the Espionage Act. If the government says, give us those records back, you have to give them back. Instead, he obstructed justice. He hid them from his own lawyers. He tried to destroy the security camera footage, showing him hiding them from his own lawyers. These are all uh, laws that he broke, KJ. And he needs to be held accountable. You and I would be held accountable for it. It wouldn't do to say, well, Democrats are out to get me. I totally agree with you, Brad. Thank you for taking my point. Thank you, KJ. Appreciate the call. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to uh, Leanne in Palmdale. Hey, Leanne. Welcome to the broadcast. Hello. This is my first time, first time ever listening to your uh, show. So um, I was listening to the last film, and it was on the air that said uh, that pretty much Trump could do wrong. And I'm telling you, what stuff scares me? It scares me that he can have this many choices that have been actually Proven to be true, and they're still behind it. Uh, and I think you said it scares you that he has this many charges proven to be true, and that people are still behind him. A little difficult hearing your phone. Uh, is that what you? Is that the point that you were making? That is All right. That is true. All right. That is correct. Thank you, Leanne. I hear you. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, the amount of disinformation, the amount of media failure out there. Would seem to explain it. Thanks, Leanne. 818-985-KPFK. Our old friend Roger up in Minneapolis wants to talk about all of this. Welcome back to the show, Roger. Well, Brad, um, it's been quite clear um, uh, 
going into the 2016 campaign that we were dealing with um, a, uh, a, a junior would-be fascist. Um, and the stuff that we're seeing spelled out now um, around this Project 2025 and the, the work that you were just citing um, is indicative of their plans. Um I think it is something to be extremely hyper aware about, um, and I gl- I'm glad that you're bringing attention to it, and I think you should hammer away at it. I'm doing it in every way I can. Wow. Um, However, I wanted, I wanted to give this tiny bit of pushback. Okay. Any attempt at implementation of that kind of structure in the United States is not going to fly. I really don't think so. The problem that we face, though, is that long-term, with technological surveillance processes and ongoing, if we continue having naked capitalism in this country, we're going to wind up in that place no matter what. Uh, Well, listen, Um, uh, and and Roger, I'm only cutting you off because I'm coming short on time, and there's a bunch of folks who I want to try to see if I can get in. But the the notion... Go ahead. One more point. Quickly. Getting schnookered by some uh, uh, trolls. Sorry. Uh, getting schnookered by some trolls. Okay. That, uh, thanks, Roger. I, I just want to say that the notion that he would not be able to pull this off after he, you know, a lot of those things he tried to do and uh, the earlier caller said, oh, he didn't do it. He claimed he was going to do it in the first term, but then he didn't end up doing it after all. He didn't do end up doing a lot of those things after all because he was stopped from doing so by his own people. Those people are now all gone. He has now uh, tapped loyalists to very much do this stuff that he is specifically talking about and is specifically detailed in Project 2025. They are not hiding it. Go look it up. I think it's project2025.org or something like that. But search Project 2025. You will see. Uh, He's promising to do these things and to bring the people with him that will make sure this time he does them. Bill in Santa Monica, 818-985-KPFK. Bill in Santa Monica, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hello, Brad. Uh, I don't think it's really the media's fault that these people aren't informed because that information is out there. But if you stay listening to Fox, yeah, you're not going to be informed. But your first caller is a perfect example of what H.L. Mencken said over 100 years ago. No one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. And that's the problem. These people are basically stupid people. I know you don't want to say that over the air, but it's true. Well, uh, Trump I, reveals himself to be how he is every day. What? I, I'm happy to call people stupid if I think they're stupid. I really don't that think the problem... Well, I, I, I think he was willingly disinformed. He wanted to well, be that, disinformed. Well, isn't that stupid? If you if there's facts out there and you prefer to be disinformed, then you're stupid. There's right. no getting around that, Brad. All right. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate that. You're welcome. 818-985. Why am I giving out the number? We're almost done here. Uh, let me get to uh, Tim in Pasadena. Hey, Tim, welcome to the broadcast. Quickly, sir. Hey, Brad, don't worry. There's a lot of time between now and then. Uh huh. I agree. And, um, yeah. And so what's happening now is just a little moment in time. And since we kicked butt so much uh, during this last election here, 
I think we all need to keep that PMA, that positive mental attitude. All right. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Uh, I just don't want to be uh, having a positive mental attitude while I'm whistling past the graveyard. Diana in Pasadena, welcome to the broadcast. Very quickly, what's on your mind? Um, I just, there's no way around it. Donald Trump thinks he's like an English monarch, like Henry VIII. Uh huh. Pointed by God, he's wrong. It's like, it's like, Shoot, you're Di- uh, Diana, Diana, your phone is, is breaking up there, but I think you were comparing Trump to an English monarch. I hear you. I think that's what he thinks he is or that he will be if he gets back into office again. Uh, John in Apple Valley. Very quickly, John, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, quick question. Why do you think the, uh, the uh, mainstream media like, MSC, uh, like MSNBC and CNN, why do you think they're going so easy on Trump? Oh, I don't think it's a matter of them uh, going easy, and some are, are, are doing much better than others, but I think that there is a, a thinking generally in the mainstream corporate media that we can't take sides. And the fact of the matter is, the sides right now, you don't have to take them. You can just report the fact, and it sounds like you're taking sides because, frankly, things are so uh, good that Joe Biden has been able to accomplish as president, and things that Donald Trump is threatening to do are so damn dangerous. And if you report those two facts, it sounds like you're making a choice. You're taking a side. I'm not. I'm just reporting facts. John, I got to get out. Uh, Thanks for the call. One more here from Morris, uh, who's always good and fast. Hey, Mo, welcome uh, to the broadcast. What do you got? 15 seconds. Whatever you want to say about President Biden, he's got a higher or better rating than the Congress and a higher and better rating than the Supreme Court. Go Papa Joe 224. Thank you, Mo. Though that's a pretty low bar, uh, having a better approval rating than the Supreme Court or Congress. But we'll take what we can get, and the conversation will continue. My thanks to everyone who called in, including those I couldn't get to. My thanks to my board operator, Wendell Handy, my producer, Desi Doyen, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it for free at bradblog.com anytime. Drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks, Mastodon and sites still known as Twitter. I am the Brad Blog. See you there. Until we see you here, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. You're listening to the Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported. Thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com slash donate.